0: Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B-O-B, where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. I'm your host, Dr. Rob, and I am so glad to be with you once again today. I have a great show about my favorite topic, relationships. And I feel compelled to do this podcast today in light of some recent tragic events regarding relationships. You all must be familiar or may be familiar with the case regarding Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. It's been all over the news. While they were on the trip, some trouble arose between them and allegedly Mr. Laundry. Who is now a person of interest in the death of Miss Petito due to some alleged intimate partner violence that occurred between them on their trip. In addition, there was another case not so well publicized regarding intimate partner violence, and I saw this on the news. Sometime last week, where a woman from Harlem, USA, my hometown, was eight and a half months pregnant, and she returned home from her baby shower, and she was unloading the gifts from her baby shower from the trunk of her car, and she was approached by her ex-boyfriend, an abuser he was. Or I should say he is. And then he shot her in the head and murdered her right on the scene because she, sometime in the past, had ended their relationship as a result of his abusive behavior. Now, I would be remiss in my duty as the host of this podcast If I stopped here and did not mention, as you may already know, intimate partner violence, a.k.a. used to be called domestic violence, but the term has been revised to intimate partner violence. And intimate partner violence is a monumental social problem in the United States. If you are a man or woman, gay or straight, either you may have been a victim of intimate partner violence, or you know somebody, or you are related to somebody who has been a victim of intimate partner violence. As a matter of fact, I too was a partner of intimate partner violence. Yep, Dr. Rob, a victim. Mm of intimate partner violence. Can you imagine that? But it's true. And that is what inspired me to write my first book, The Choices We Make. And it also inspired me to become a social worker as a result of that experience. Now, earlier as I stated that intimate partner violence is a monumental social problem. You might ask, What is a social problem? The answer to the question is a social problem is an issue that affects many people within society. It is a group of common problems in present day society and one that many people try to solve. Now, intimate partner violence is one of the biggest social problems facing America today. And it has been for a very long time. Intimate partner violence is among the most devastating experiences that adversely affect women, children, and in many cases, men. It is just not widely reported by men that their wife just put the smack down on that ass. (laughs) But I can tell you firsthand It's true. I came out of the closet and I had to report my ex-wife to the police a few times during the time that we were married for assaulting me. Yeah, I said it. There's no shame in my game. My mother always told me not to hit girls. And I've been getting my butt kicked ever since. children who witness intimate partner violence may become future abusers they see and they may believe that is how you resolve issues with your female partner by resorting to violence children who witness intimate partner violence may also become victims themselves themselves because of what they saw and that may lead them to believe that is how they should handle themselves with an, with, with an abusive partner. Breaking news. Relationships are supposed to be good. And love is not supposed to hurt. To drive home the point even further, I have some statistics regarding intimate partner violence. Let me just share these statistics with you. About one in four women, your mothers, sisters and daughters, aunts and nearly one in ten men, probably way more than that, have experienced contact with sexual violence, physical violence and or stalking by an intimate partner during their lifetime and have reported some form of intimate partner violence at one time or another. Check this out. The divorce rate in America for first-time couples surprisingly has dropped from 50% to 40%. However, The second time we get divorced, that percentage has increased to 64%. So that says the first time we get married, the divorce rate is 40%. The second time we get married, the divorce rate is 64%. And the third time we get married, the divorce rate is 74%. Now, how is it? that the more we marry the more we get divorced i think at this point we are all familiar with the saying that practice makes perfect however why doesn't practice makes perfect in marriage this is easy because we as adults well, let me just rephrase that. The, the answer to this question is, is very easy as far as I'm concerned because we as adults are not relationship ready. And I plan to discuss with you later in the podcast how to become relationship ready. However, due to the fact that our adult dysfunction stems from our childhood issues, many of us come to relationships physically fit, you know, looking good. However, many of us are not emotionally fit, feeling good. And as I like to say, we are not relationship ready. As I said, many of us, Come to our intimate relationships with others, lacking trust of people, feeling insecure, angry about past life experiences, hurting from previous relationships, feeling fractured and broken due to having been violated by close family friends or members of our own family. Feelings of abandonment. Due to being adopted, not knowing our fathers, and so many other tumultuous emotional experiences that we encounter as children plays out in our behaviors as adults in our relationships. It is a combination of these life experiences and traumas and, viol- and, viol- and violations when I say violations, I'm talking about being violated as a child, boy or girl, by close family members or, or I'm sorry, yeah, close family members or family friends violating us by, you know, uh, sexual assault, touching our private parts. And you know what happens after that. So due to the fact that there are no statistics available or other guiding information where we can learn how to avoid dysfunctional and abusive relationships, intimate partner violence is a ginormous social problem in America. And think about all of the various personal issues I just described. And, and ask yourself, is that any way to come to a relationship with a person you like? Feeling broken, abandoned, angry, sometimes even depressed. But how would you know better? Well, I want to share with you an excerpt from my first book, The Choices We Make. And that excerpt speaks directly to this point. However, before I do that, before I share the excerpt from my book regarding how do we know or how should we know how to find a good relationship when we have no frame of reference and no idea or even did you even know you you had to be ready for a relationship? I'm going to step to the side. And do a promo, and when I come back on the other side of the break, we'll continue on to make that point.
1: Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. And his first book, The Choices We Make... You will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at BarnesandNobles.com, Amazon.com, and Robert's website, RelationshipReadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show.
0: Okay, welcome back. And as I was saying With all that we go through as children and even in our young adult life, the experiences that we have that affect our emotional well-being that lead us to become broken and fractured and angry and lonely and empty and void because of our life experiences, how would we know what to look for in the relationships and we have no frame of reference? And so I, I was talking about, I wanted to share an excerpt from my first book, The Choices We Make, that speaks to that point about we, we, we find ourselves in relationships and we don't know that we should be ready for relationships or that we should have some kind of understanding, you know, coming into these relationships to help us avoid abuse and And being murdered and and so on and so forth by people that we try to love or try to take up a a meaningful relationship, so let me share the excerpt with you, and then we'll continue on after that. So the excerpt goes like this: essentially, we spend a good part of our adult life in and out of good and bad relationships. And since we are not provided with any formal relationship education during the 12 to 18 years we spend in school, we have to learn from experience that we need to make good relationship choices. And in doing that, we get beat on, cheated on, deceived, and mistakenly conceived infected by people with STDs, and divorced once or twice before we might figure out how to make a good relationship choice. So, before I talk to you about how to become relationship ready, I first want to point out some ways to help you not only avoid falling for an abuser, either male or female, but also how to identify the signs of a possible or potential abusive person who is not relationship ready. And instead, find your way to connecting with people who feel good about themselves, like you, which means They are better able to feel good about you and your chances of intimate partner violence may be reduced significantly. Now, it is important that you ask these type of questions early on in the dating process. Because you see, if you get intimate with a stranger whom you have not taken the time to learn more about either him or her, then you may develop feelings for that person. And those feelings or emotions can get in the way, or should I say, they can obfuscate your ability to make a good choice about this person who may look good to you, but may not be good for you. So essentially what I'm saying is, when we get involved with people that we don't really know, cuz see just trying to find out what what happened to a person in their last relationship or how many children they have or where they see themselves in 5 years, cause see those are kind of questions we ask. Where do you see yourself in 5 years? What kind of work do you do? Where did you go to college? Um those are all great questions. But they really don't tell you anything that you need to know about this prospective love mate, if you will. And so I think it's important that we understand that there are certain questions that we can ask that would elicit the type of information you need to know so that you can make the appropriate decision in your relationship endeavors So first off I want to say remember these questions are are intended to help you screen out bad actors as the police say about perpetrators and I'm going to share with you what I'm going to call five screening tips and the 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 appropriate context for these screening tips would be and this should be a natural flow is when you are dating or talking to somebody that you you know think you know there's a connection and this might go a little further and you know i mean it may not apply to everybody because sometimes we meet people and people come and go you know how that works but if there's some consistency with the phone calls or the texting, as they do more today than calling, then and and you 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 going out once or twice and might be a third or even fourth date. Around the third or fourth date, before you give up the nookie, and brothers, before you give up the, you know what, it you know it would be a good idea to go for a walk in the park or go somewhere to dinner, rest, whatever you do to entertain yourself. The my first screening question would be is to ask the person to tell you about themselves as a little boy. Like for instance, my name is Robert. So, if I'm a young, you know, young lady, I would say, "Tell me about Robert the little boy." And you see for many of us, that is where <laughs> our trouble starts regarding regarding abuse, domestic violence between our parents or whether or not we were adopted or whether or not we know our father and and all of the other issues and traumas that I have previously described early earlier in the podcast Now, if this person struggles. With that question, and just say they get angry or they shut down or they refuse to talk about that, that is a sign that this person has not reconciled with their issues, and they are not willing you know to communicate about them and and I mean, you may get all kinds of reac- reactions why you why are you asking me about that? well we're just out on a date we don't need to talk about that. All of those types of responses are red flags because you see, talking is free. It doesn't cost a dime to talk. Okay. You, you don't have to go out to eat to talk. You can walk in the park. You can talk on the phone. You know, you you can communicate and talk so many different ways in different places. And so, if you're getting to know a person that you're attracted to and you believe that they are attracted to you, then it should be not be a problem for them to share with you the story of their life about Robert, the little boy or, you know, Sheila, the little girl. Tell me about Sheila, the little girl. And so if Sheila or Robert or whoever the name is of your, respective datas if they struggle with that or get angry or shut down that should be a red flag as I as I have already said that this person is um, having difficulty with you know their background. I mean, there could be many reasons why they do not want to talk about it, which could be the pain of remembering those experiences, the embarrassment of those experiences, whatever the hitch is in terms of their inability or unwillingness to discuss their childhood with you. That's a sign that perhaps you should not go on any more dates with that individual. And trust me, relationships are like driving you know when you're driving you get stop signs you see yield u turn relationships are the same way when you see signs and you we see the signs but we tend to ignore them because we're you know, we're more interested in, you know, getting to the good stuff in the relationship. Winter time is coming, and oh my god, it'd be so nice just to have somebody to cuddle and spoon up with, and all of those type of things. But if you if you want to spoon up with the right person, then you will not skip past the screening questions like. Tell me about Robert, the little boy, or Sheila, the little girl, or whatever the name of your respective date is. And so if they don't want to talk now, they are not going to talk later when it's time to talk about finances or what to do with the children. That's going to be an argument. That's going to be hostile because, as I said, talking is free and it if 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 i asked you a question about how you grew up or tell me about your life do you know how's your relationship with your mother how's your relationship with your father you know where did you grow up those are the kind of questions that you want to ask because they will generate either a good response Or a bad response. But whatever the response is, pay attention to the signs. Because like I said, relationships are like driving. When you see a stop sign, you're supposed to stop. If you don't stop, you're going to have an accident. When you see a sign that says yield, it means to slow down. See if there's some cars coming. So when you're in a relationship and you see a sign, you may have to yield. Fall back. Listen to what's being said or what's not being said. Or you may have to stop and make a U-turn. Relationships are like driving. Next tip. If your cell phone rings and it's another male or female, depending on, you know, your, your sex or gender, and the picture of that person pops up, as that often happens for most of us, and that person, the other person begins to question you about, you know, who who was that? But instead of, you know, asking just some general questions, not that they should even question that, you start to feel like you are being interrogated. That could be a sign of, of jealousy, insecurity, and or lack of trust. And why would it be? So important to the person you just started dating who was calling you. Because remember, you had friends before you met this person, and you should be able to have friends while you're with that person and after the time that your relationship becomes more serious. So when a person starts to interrogate you about the guy or the girl who is calling you, that is another sign and should be an issue of concern because what is it to you as a new person who's calling my phone more than likely you guys are going to talk about whether or not you have a, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend or somebody who is, you know, you're seeing on a a, a consistent basis. The next, the next tip, number three The same is true if you are out with this person and another male or female or friend approaches you or some guy or girl flirts with you. And that person becomes very uptight, angry, and once again starts questioning you in an aggressive fashion. That is another red flag. You know, like driving, sometimes you have to make a U-turn because you're going in the wrong direction. So you make a U-turn. And as the GPS says, what does it say? Recalculating? You may have to recalculate, may have to make that U-turn. Pay attention to these things because they may not seem like they matter then in the moment because, you know, things are new. They seem so wonderful. But those same things will come back to be bigger Madder and angrier and not good for you at all. Remember relationships are like driving. Pay attention to the signs. If you ignore the signs, if you go through a red light, you go through a stop sign, you're going to crash. If you go through a yellow light, you may get pulled over by the police. So remember and, and especially for the ladies, I, I think this is important. Jealousy, uh, a jealous guy, that does not mean that he likes you more, or that he loves you. Jealousy is not good. It is not good. Now, when I started this podcast, I mentioned that uh, a young lady who was eight and a half months pregnant And lived in Harlem, USA. She broke off relationships or the relationship with her boyfriend because of his abusive tendencies and behavior. And she had another boyfriend. And prior to him, to the ex-boyfriend murdering, I mean shooting, a pregnant woman in cold blood, he had just had a fight with her new boyfriend. In a different area of the neighborhood on that same day So just understand Jealousy There's nothing cute about jealousy There's nothing cute Doesn't mean the guy loves you more What that means is You're going to be in more trouble and difficulty With the guy or the girl If you ignore the fact that somebody is jealous The fourth tip If this new person hits you in response to any of the scenarios I just described and then apologizes while he or she blames you for making them hit you, that should be your last date. If not, that may be the first of many beatings. There's nothing cute or accidental about being hit. Or physically contacted in in a non-loving way By a person who you are interested in and, and trying to pursue a loving friendship I'm sorry, a loving friendship Yeah, you should be friends also And a loving relationship Before I move on to the fifth tip I'm going to step aside I have to let a promo in And on the other side of the break, we'll talk about the fifth tip of the screening process when you're dating to ensure your safety and well-being and that you don't waste time falling for people who are not worthy of your love, your energy, your emotions, and your time. Talk to you on the other side of the break.
1: Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner, Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B.
0: Okay, welcome back. Nothing like a good promo to get your business and your books out there for people to learn more about what you do. And be able to have right at their fingertips your books and your business to help them become the best of their being in life, love, and work. And so before the break, we were talking about approaching, um, I'm sorry, about sharing tip number five on the type of questions you should ask early on in relationships. But before I do that, I just... You know, I know you know this show may sound kind of um heavy, but it is heavy because so many people are are caught up if you have not been a victim of intimate partner violence I'm willing to bet that you know somebody who has been a victim and either you know somebody who has or your own family members have or perhaps your own mother or sister have been a a victim or perhaps even you as a man as I had stated earlier I was a victim of intimate partner violence where my first wife she um we had several occasions we had arguments and then she hit me physically And I had to wrap her up, put my arms around her to stop her from hitting me. As a matter of fact, we had a a, a scenario one time where we had an argument and she started uh, punching on me. And I wrapped her up, you know, to stop her from hitting me. And she said that she is calling the police. And, I, you know, at that point, I really did not care because I had not Hit her. There was nothing broken. There were no. There was no blood in the house or anything. However, she called the police, and when they came, I got arrested because she. The, the cops told me that she told them that I punched her in the stomach. So, this topic is heavy because it's heavy, and I hope that you can hang in here and listen to this because this is about making better choices learning how to make better choices but also in the end we're going to find out how to become relationship ready ourselves and i know that this topic is heavy and and so let me hear from the audience and see what they think as well yes that i feel the same way but as i said earlier i feel compelled to talk about relationships because, you know, when you're getting murdered because you want to break up with somebody, then we need to talk about that. So moving on to the fifth tip, screening tip, I should say. If the person seems to anger quickly or shut down for no apparent reason and refuses to share with you the unknown reason, for their sudden change of behavior. Remember, it is not, it, I'm, more than likely, it is not your fault, your fault, why, the, why their behavior changed. It is a result of their unresolved issues that affect their behavior in the middle of the relationship, in the middle of a good time, which will adversely affect your relationship with that person. Let me tell you something. Let me just give you an example. In in my first marriage, just say my wife and I, we would be out to dinner and, you know, and may enjoy the dinner, and then when we got home, I could see the sudden change in her in her facial expression. She looked angry and I I used to think like, did I do anything? And then I would ask her you know is everything alright Did I do anything And she would just say Just leave me alone And I'd be like Well you know I'm trying to find out here If if I did something To make you upset Because i like to clear it up So that we can Not have this tension in the house And she would say Just leave me alone This is where I want to be And I used to say Like you want to be unhappy And I didn't get an answer But she told me To leave her alone, this is where I want to be. And that used to happen often. And what I started realizing is that it wasn't me. It was her. There were these just unprovoked mood changes that she never explained, never talked about. And so that is not good. And I want you to understand, more than likely, it is not your fault. So when you have a scenario, when a person just shuts down for no apparent reason and they refuse and they are unwilling to talk about it, that's a sign. You have to be like, listen, Kwardia, you know, I think you're cute. But I'm, you know, I'm just not interested in pursuing a relationship with any anybody right now. And I'm just going to go on about my business and thank you so much for for dinner and um, have a nice life. So these are the screening tips. And now I'm going to move on to talk to you about relationship readiness. Because, see, it is my position that we as humans are not relationship ready. And I ask again, did you ever think, think that you needed to be ready for a relationship? Probably not. But when you look at the divorce rate, think about that. The divorce rate gets worse the more we marry. And so what that says to me is that because of the personal issues that I that I just described earlier in the podcast, because these personal issues, you know, we all have issues, but some more than others. And we bring these issues to our relationships. And so we get married once, we get married twice, we get married three times and the divorce rate increases. So what that tells me is that either we're marrying the same people with the same issues or or different issues, but it's the same type of people. Or we might be the problem and we haven't done anything about ourselves. So, you know, sometimes when people are so fractured and broken, when they meet a good a good man or a good woman, they cannot appreciate them because most of their life they've been living a tumultuous kind of fractured kind of life experiences so when you get in a scenario with a good solid person you cannot appreciate them because you you don't know anything about that so yes the 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 question is do you need to be relationship ready i don't think there's any question about it but the point is, is that we don't know that we need to be relationship ready and relationship readiness. My goal, because I might add that I am a PhD student at Yeshiva university. And I don't say that to brag or boast. I just say that to keep you abreast of what I'm doing to, to become the best of my being in life, love and work. And my plan and my goal is to make relationship readiness a thing. I want to, to do some, some work to raise awareness, to help people understand that they should check and they need to know, hey, just like, the, just like the vaccine, are you vaccinated? Did you get the vaccine? Well, now we need to ask people, are you relationship Ready? Because that is the way you get to healthy relationships Because you see, anybody can get into a relationship But what we are talking about are healthy relationships So let's talk about relationship readiness So, get your pen and papers ready for some important relationship-ready pointers. It is important to know and understand that we all have issues that either stem from our childhood or have resulted from an assortment of any one of our adult traumatic life experiences, either through loss of life of a loved one bad relationship experiences with other people. I mean, there are so many things that can that can contribute to uh, our emotional well-being that affect our ability to come into a relationship feeling whole and happy. And so it's important, you know, to acknowledge that you have some issues because, see, we all have issues some more than others. But the first step in becoming relationship ready is to acknowledge that you have some issues and then begin to take some steps to resolve those issues. The next thing you can do or should do is improve your self-esteem and learn how to love yourself. You cannot feel good about me if you do not feel good about you, that's, that's a fact. If you don't feel good, you're not going to be able to be good to another person. Also, learn something about your basic family tree, at least up to your, your grandparents on both sides. If, I mean, what, what I'm saying here is, you know, I mean, we have Ancestry.com and so many other uh, resources to find out, you know, how far. And, I mean, we can go way back and find out about our ancestors. But in terms of, and that's very helpful. I, I, I support that and I recommend that. But in terms of, you know, becoming relationship ready, I I just think it's important that you have some idea of your basic family tree. You know, so many of us who may not know our father and if we don't know our father, we may not know our paternal grandmother and our aunts and uncles and cousins from that, from our father's side of the family. So what I'm saying is um, try to find out. Something about your basic family tree so that you can fill that void that you may have about, you know, not knowing different parts and major parts of your family as it relates to a parent. You want to fill that void, fill that gap. And it doesn't matter the history of that parent. It's just good to know who and where that person or those people come from. Then another thing you want to do is learn to let go of bad experiences with bad people. You may not find closure in, in all of the with all of the people who have done you wrong, but you can let go of those memories so you can stop looking back and start looking straight ahead. To see the blessings that you did not see because you were so preoccupied with your past, and and so while you're learning to to let go, you have to also learn to forgive. As a matter of fact, sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Forgive yourself for the mistakes and silly choices. And stupid things that you did It's okay We all make mistakes Forgive yourself About some of the choices you have made It's okay That was then And this is now And you also want to forgive those Who have trespassed against you Remember You are not letting them off the hook You are allowing yourself To stop spending time In your past So that you can fully enjoy the future. You only live once. When are you going to start living? If you cannot get past your issues, then you should seek professional help. I mean, that's what this is about trying to become relationship ready. You you cannot come or should not come to relationship, you know, feeling broken and fractured or angry about what happened to you in your past five relationships. Uh, all of these things will show up in your next relationship and you will get the same result. So as we wrap up this podcast on this very important topic, I hope that you consider becoming relationship ready. It is not too late. It does not matter what your race is. It does not matter what your sexual orientation is because there is abuse in gay relationships. And so gay people need to become relationship ready. It doesn't matter if you are white, black, brown, yellow. Relationship readiness is a thing. But the the key thing to relationship readiness, as far as I am concerned, relationship readiness is not only about having a good relationship with others, but it is also about having a good relationship with yourself. So with that said, remember, love is an action, not a word, and it's not supposed to hurt. And I want to thank you for tuning in today. Thank you so much. I I work hard to bring you good content so that perhaps it can make your life different. You can see things differently and you can do things differently. And, you know, they say, if you know better, you can do better. So, as I said, love is an action, not a word, and it's not supposed to hurt. Until we meet again Do the right thing When nobody is looking I'll talk to you later Ciao As we wrap up this show I hope this topic Helped you to grow And now you know A little bit more Than you knew before If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org, to learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.